What is cooking, everyone? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue Two Movies, where apparently I talk about anything under the entire sun. Um, today is January fourth, twenty twenty one, and boy, do I have a show for you today. I want to talk about. Hmm, I'm going to talk about self projection. I want to call that part of the show. Self projection is a big little bitch. Oh, that's oh. People are going to get at me for like saying, bitch, I just triggered some people out there. Oh my God. Yeah, but self-projection, it's a big little bitch, especially if you're a lying liberal. How's that sound? Lying liberal. It's almost as good as lying Ted. <laughs> okay. All right. And I want to talk about hmm, this uh, Brian Sicknick. I think that's how I say his name. Uh, he is the police officer who was killed in the line of duty, or um, I guess during the January 6th uh, riots at the Capitol. I don't even want to call them riots because I don't, I guess we could call them riots. I don't, I don't really see them as riots. I really don't. I'm not sure if you do or not. I mean, I, I see them as stupid people or just really triggered people. But when I look at riots, I usually picture things burning and, you know, people doing stupid things like breaking windows. And I guess there are some breaking windows, but it just didn't seem to rise to that occasion. Um, it just looked as selfie happy people um, with a few triggered individuals back there. But anyway, I don't want to get into that. I'm going off on a tangent. I'm going to even talk about SpaceX, Elon Musk, and good old John Kerry. Yep, he's going to save us. Thank God for John Kerry. No, really, thank God for John Kerry because he is going to save us from this whole climate crisis. My God, what are we going to do? You know, everyone just has had so much CO2 they're putting into the sky. Oh, my God. My barbecue. My barbecue is, oh, my God. Like, I am just contributing to, to the whole world just flooding and getting too hot or too cold, either one or the other, while John Kerry flies around his private jet because he, it's the only choice for somebody like him, according to Mr. John Kerry. All right. So let's get straight into this. Of course, you know what I got to do. I got to cut to commercial, guys. Got to cut to commercial. Got to run some ads right after that. Nonstop me complaining. So hold on tight. Here comes the ad. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. All right, I'm back. That wasn't too bad, right? There were two ads, one for Anchor, 
which I get paid for. And the other one is for my company, which is a shameless plug. And hopefully that does lead to some business, right? Because I have to look out for myself. <laughs> this podcast doesn't pay me much. I think I made, I think, right under $6. It's not too bad. I'm, I'm trust me, I'm still happy with $6. One day, maybe it will turn into six figures, but $6, it's good. And again, I'm doing this not for the money. I'm doing this completely to get my voice out there because it is being censored every which way I see. Facebook loves to take down my post. So I'm not even, I'm not even trying to write these par- these like novels, status updates, which I call them, which express my opinion. So I'm just here uh, expressing my opinion on this podcast. So if you miss me on the Facebook this is where I'm at, okay? This is my safe area, my safe space, like they want to say. All right, so first up, I want to talk about self-projection. And I self-projection is just a little bitch, especially if you're a lying liberal. And what the hell is self-projection? All right, now, self-projection is, um, a lot of times, it's a screenwriting term or a storytelling term. And it's one of the major rules that we don't want to actually do, what we don't want to practice in storytelling unless you become a more experienced storyteller um, like myself, uh, one who actually understands different personality behaviors, and that way that rule doesn't apply to you. So if you're a seasoned personnel, a, a seasoned storyteller, this doesn't apply to you. If you're an aspiring novelist, aspiring screenwriter, this does apply to you. So what in the hell is self-projection? Well, it often happens when the narrator, the storyteller, uh, projects their own agenda, decisions, onto the character in question, right? So again, if I'm going to dish out advice to you, I'm going to put, I'm going to self-project my paranoia, my agendas, and say, huh, you know, so-and-so, this is what I would do, okay? <laughs> That's the simplest way to explain what self-projection is, right? So again, in professional storytelling, one of the major rules you know many writers like to make is not to create a protagonist that mirrors themselves. And the reason why you do this is that many writers uh, find that if the hero of the story walks and talks like them, well, they won't be able to honestly criticize them when the time comes in the story. They'll say, "Well, I don't really want to reveal all of his traits, all of his idiosyncrasies, and because you know I'm not very confident about my own self." So I don't want to talk about that because I know that that's my character flaws. Now, again, as a professional writer, you're pretty comfortable in your own skin a lot of times, unless you're like a, a very sensitive intellect. You know, those guys don't like to talk about themselves. But then a lot of times, if you're very confident in your own self, you don't have to worry about it. But many writers, you know, they have this, they create this great hero and the hero is just perfect. And that's why a lot of times, like in Vin Diesel films, <laughs> Vin Diesel, by the way, he always has to have the perfect character, the guy who gets all the girls and everything, gets all the money, the fast cars, and he has all the muscles, and, you know, just, he walks around, and his only weakness is not being strong enough, because Vin Diesel has self-projected himself into that character. He doesn't want to get deep into who he, what's wrong with Vin Diesel, right? <laughs> so that's it. But anyway, we all do self-projection. Um, again, when we divvy out advice, we often put ourselves into a person's shoes and tell them exactly what we would do or how we would handle it. Now, sometimes that works, but we need. But in order for it to really work, we really need to understand that we're not them and offer the righteous path that we would walk on wouldn't be the righteous path for them, all right? Okay, so 
trust me guys, this is all getting to go somewhere, all right? But anyway, uh, you know, I just want to give you, give you some examples, you know, and I've seen this before. Uh, if sometimes you have a parent, uh, I guess, what, what do you call those people, those sport, those, those parents who are just really into sports, you know, football, football fathers or something like that, who are their, their parents are living out their, their failed ambitions through their child. You know, that's the, one of the worst forms of, of self-projection. Oh, I could never be the NFL player that I, I wanted to be, so I'm going to have my son try to be it, right? But um, that's one of those things right there. Um, but here's the thing, <laughs> and here's where I'm trying to get to. If we learn about self-projection, and you are of the right investigative mind, um, then many of times we can actually read these motivations of these self-projectionists um, and, and read their personalities and their behaviors, and we can see where they're lying. So when Democrats accuse Trump of colluding with the Russians, well, they're the ones who are actually doing it, and that's, that, that basically came out to be the truth. Um, for me, I kind of knew right away. And here's the thing about the Democrats. They always do this, right? And we're, or when they, choose, when they accuse the Republicans of belittling the Constitution or, 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 or corrupting it, well, it's the Democrats who are actually doing it. They want to get rid of the Second Amendment, the First Amendment. They want to censor. I mean, the, the First Amendment, they want to get rid of that almost because they want to censor us. You know, they want to censor me, and they're doing it under the disguise of you know, corporations and so forth, right? Um, you know, and, and even, with the, even with the second imp impeachment of Trump, which is actually unconstitutional because there's, there's no chief justice. <laughs> there's no, in order for it to actually be an impeachment trial, there has to, the chief justice has to preside over it. That's not happening. So if the chief justice doesn't deci decide to preside over it, which is Justice John Roberts... There's no impeachment trial. That's unconstitutional. And how dare they say, oh, we're doing this to protect the Constitution when they're actually violating the Constitution. So these are exactly what, again, triggered liberals do. If, in fact, if anyone who's triggered, sometimes they tend to do this. And, you know, and it's almost like when, again, when liberals accuse you of being prejudiced, racist, or anything like that, you know, they are the, actually the ones who are, you know, prejudging People based upon the color of their skin. You know, white people. All white people have white privilege. Oh, it's all white people. They just have this white privilege, you know, and so forth. No. What happened to white trash? I thought about 10 years ago, it was white trash. That person's white trash. Now that white trash has all the white privilege. I don't understand. So my favorite, this is, this is where it's all leading to, guys. Huh. The Lincoln Project. Uh, the Lincoln Project is a group of anti-Trumpers, anti-Trump Republicans. I call them golf cart Republicans because, you know, here's the thing. Um, Republicans, here's a real funny thing. I'll go off on a tangent right now. Um, Republicans, uh, they're not really fun people to hang around with, to be honest. Uh, when you get the old school golf cart Republicans, these are the very rich people, the ones who hang out on the golf clubs. You know, they dress, they dress really nice. They're very, very wealthy, and you're not in their club, right? Uh, the liberals are actually the, the real fun ones to hang out with. They're the ones who are the artists, the ones who like to party and everything. Uh, but but the, the, the golf cart Republicans, they always think they're better than you. You know, they, they think they know what's actually, you know, better for society. And uh, they may talk a good game, but they never deliver on it because, 
you know, again, they're only look only looking out for themselves. So Trump, even though he golfed, he was never a golf cart Republican. In fact, he kind of, I guess, railed against the golf cart Republican in Florida. If you take if you take a look at his um, at his documentaries, uh, he's not a very popular guy in that golf cart Republican community. They actually hate him. They tried to make him take. They tried to make him take down the American flag on his property in Mar-a-Lago. This is before he became president. They said that flag is flying too high. It's absolutely too high. Uh, and then he got them to agree that can he still fly the American flag just maybe a little bit lower, uh, uh, maybe about 30, 30 feet lower or 20 feet lower or, or, or something like that. Can we just fly it 30 feet lower? And they said, yeah, that's okay as long as we can't see it. And then he, he got them to agree to that. And you know how smart Trump is. He actually built up a foundation higher, about 30 feet higher or something like that. And then he put the flag on top of there. And then it just made the, made the flag fly a lot higher. <laughs> so that guy's just a genius. And this is, again, against golf cart Republicans. So these golf cart Republicans, they're, up, they're a part of the Lincoln Project. And they're out there saying, again, self-projecting, that the founder, no, that, the, um, that President Trump, not the founder, that President Trump is a clear and present danger and an and, and existential threat to the youth of America. Because where he is, you know, creating, I guess, where he is driving America and he's just a bad role, role model. He's just a, this existential threat, their favorite word, to the left and to the right. Existential threat to the youth of America. Okay, so where's all the self-projection here? Well, the founder, he was just recently accused of texting 20 young boys yeah, explicit messages. Sexual, over... Overly sexual messages. Young boys. We're not talking like we're like talking high school and younger. How do you like that? Through Twitter, through Instagram, you know, and um, also being very uh, sexual in nature. Uh, these kids screenshot it. This guy is found guilty. This guy is. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think he ever hooked up with any of them. But man, though, some of those text messages, it sure looked. Bad. It really, really, really looked bad. Um, what can I say? <laughs> you know, again, self-projection is a little bitch. Now, is self-projecting wrong? Um, well, it can be absolutely wrong and it can be absolutely right. There's, there's really no right or wrong answer to this because every situation can be different. But for me, I like to use it, you know, to spot liars or just you know, to read people a lot because when they, when, most of the time people do self-project unless they really know personality. Like, like me, I, I try not to self-project at all even though I'm still guilty of doing it, especially when I distribute out advice. I always put myself in their shoes because I always, I always think, you know, my point of view is right. You know, I'm just very horrible at that. You know, I think well, only my point of view is right. It's always right. So listen to me because I, I know it's better for you. Again, I'm trying to get get away from that and be more open-minded. Um, but again, you know, you can use that self-projection, you know, to to actually spot a liar or spot someone's true motivations. You know, so I remember this. I had a friend before who told me when I, when I was when I was really just fed up with uh, taxes and everything. So I told him, man, I can like, um, you know, I, I really want to want to move to Singapore because. You know, Singapore is just so much business friendly and it just, it just seems more, more my style. 
And then he told me, well, you know, Singapore isn't that great. You know, if you go to Singapore, Steve, you know, you can't piss on the sidewalk there. I said, well, I, I don't really care. You know, <laughs> I really, really don't care. Lo and behold, we go over to uh, Chinatown for a party. Uh, that, you know, and, and it's late at night. Um, he has to go take a piss. Where does he go? He goes on the sidewalk. That's like, oh my God. Self-projection. Self-projection's a little bitch, right? So, oh, but anyway, um, that's just another story over there. Now, I'm going to segue into this, you know, by talking about liars and everything like that. And uh, I will say, I'll start with this. The truth will always set you free. It's a cliche, but boy, is it true. And, you know, we talk about self-projection on one side being a little bitch. On the opposite side, if you tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, for the most part, it will set you free. Or, I'll put in, I guess, I guess in parentheses there, or piss off a lot of people. And a lot of people don't want, don't want to ever be told the full truth and nothing but the truth. Um, for example, if you, uh, and, and I know we all have lied to people. I mean, I, I, I tell everyone, everyone that, Oh yeah, I, I I actually lie a lot. Um, never, never in a bad way. But say for example, if someone makes food for me, and I know for a fact they slaved away at it, and if I don't if I don't want to hurt their feelings, which a lot of times I don't, they'll ask me, "Oh, how is this?" And then I'll say, "Oh, it's good. I really enjoy it." You know, th- thanks and all that, right? I won't go up for seconds, but but um, I won't tell them what I'm really thinking. I won't tell I won't tell them that. Oh boy. This is one of the worst foods I've ever tasted in my life. I just won't do that, right? Um, but it's it's one of those things, you know. I'm, I'm sure you've done it before too. You know, you have the family rush, not the family restaurant, but that family party. Oh, how how's that turkey? Oh, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> you don't want to tell them that, right? And, but um, here's the thing: the truth it never has to be massaged or distorted. You know, it's story, if, if, if you have the truth, the story never has to be told out of context. And, you know, the left, they tend to tell us lies and then they create their own context, which is basically their own evidence to make you a believer. And because they lie so much, they have to do this over and over and over again. And their context and their lie, it becomes so self, it, it becomes so, ah, so telling that you actually have to make a physical effort to turn your head away from the truth. So, for example, when we always hear them say, there's absolutely no evidence of voter fraud. They say this over and over again. A lot of people have basically been brainwashed and saying, and they'll repeat it. You know, I'm sure you have friends who repeat it over and over again and say that there's no evidence of voter fraud at all. No, there is evidence. The evidence just not has not been examined or cross-examined in a court of law. That's the, the thing. I mean, I really feel that it should have been cross-examined in a court of law. I want to know if the evidence we have actually can stand up in trial. That's the thing. You know, you know Dominion, they're saying, oh, Dominion is suing Sidney Powell, Linwood, and all these other people for billions of dollars. Okay, that's that's great. They're confident in their... I guess in, in their I guess in their in their motives, right? But they're but they're suing them for slander. And what 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 the what the, the um, people on the defensive side are saying, okay, you're used to us for slander, 
then why don't you show us the algorithm that you're using and see if it can do everything that we're actually accusing you of. No, you can't do that because that's not what the trial is about. We're just saying you're talking bad about us. That's what the, you know, your, your, your rhetoric is damaging our reputation. It's not a matter of whether or not our software is bad. So again, you know, why don't you just tell the whole truth? Why doesn't Dominion, you know, just hold, tell the whole truth, put their algorithm out there for, you know, all these, you know, forensic scientists to, to say, hey, wait a minute, or, or people just to operate it and say, this is how you, how you use it. It's not capable of waiting votes or nothing like that. Um, that's all fake. But why won't they do it? Why don't they to tell the whole truth? Because it will set them free. I mean, that's really it. That's really it. Um, everything. Now, 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 here's what we have here. This is the biggest thing here. Okay, so we're going to go move on to a different subject. We're segueing into a different one here, but it still is about the truth setting us free. All right? We're moving it on. So Brian Sicknick. Okay, Brian Sicknick, he was a police officer who died, unfortunately, uh, when he, um, they said, they said that um, he was engaging with the rioters and he got hit on the head with a fire extinguisher from some rioter. And then, I guess when he went back to his office, he actually it collapsed and then he died. Now, this guy is a young guy. Um, he's in his, I think, middle 40s. I think he's 43, maybe, maybe a little bit older, but he's, he's not that old. I mean, he's my age, right? And I'm thinking, okay, if that did happen, I, I kind of I bought it hook, line, and sinker. This is what CNN and everyone else said. Well, get this. <laughs> Here's the thing. That was a lie, apparently. Apparently, there's no evidence. There's no evidence that someone hit him on, hit him on the head with a fire extinguisher. Absolutely no video evidence, no photography evidence, none whatsoever. Where did that narrative come from? I don't know. Um, in fact, investigators are having a very hard time trying to build a murder case in the death of this U.S. Capitol Police officer. They can't pinpoint who to blame and how he actually died. And here's the thing. We still don't know actually how he died. You know, if he did die from a blunt force trauma, why don't they release his cause of death? His cause of death has not been shared publicly. You know, nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. You know, they did, there was an autopsy that was performed and not one piece of information has been shared from that autopsy. Shouldn't we, um, why isn't it being shared? Shouldn't the public know? Because here's a guy who is, whose death is being, I guess, used as a prop to further this uh, narrative that, you know, white supremacists stormed the Capitol and that, you know, America is under siege by Trump supporters who are mostly white supremacists. And this, um, this police officer, Brian Sicknick, he is actually a victim of that. Now, by the way, this police officer, he's a Trump supporter. Did you know that? That was not told in any article. I, I had to dig to find that out. But CNN... All these other ma uh, mainstream media people, they did not want to tell you that. Why don't they want, why are they keeping this, you know, away from you? 
again, why are they massaging the truth? Why are they keeping things? They're creating their own context that he's a victim of white supremacy. Well, he's actually white, by the way. So why would white supremacists beat up their own white guy? You know, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, here's what, here's what doesn't make any sense, too. Again, like I keep saying, if this was a true insurrection, where's all the guns? Why did, they, why did people show up with cell phone cameras and they took selfies of each other? Why, why did they do that and, and, and instead of actually going there with guns blazing? If, there was, if this was truly an insurrection, because that's what happens when you have... That's what happens when you have insurrectionists who actually storm any state capital, any capital in the world. And trust me, there are militias out there, U.S. militias out there, if they felt the U.S. was under threat like this. And I think, you know what, dude, you know, people... I call you guys dudes. I think we're headed there. I really do. I mean, if if you're just an American right now, okay, and I want you to, and if you don't agree with what I have to say, that's fine. But let's take a step back. America is being transformed drastically at the speed of light right now. It's crazy. The free market is no longer free. It's no longer free anymore. The the Democrats, in mostly Democrat states, they can say under the disguise of what what they consider an existential threat, they can shut your business down, no questions. None. Absolutely none. And the courts, they will not stand up for you. The Supreme Court, no one, because they're a bunch of cowards. All right. I mean, I mean, for example, I'll talk about I'll talk about GameStop. I'm not talking about GameStop the stock. GameStop was forced to shut down in a lot of parts of the countries here in Hawaii. It was completely shut down. Why was it shut down? Because it was dangerous to actually. They said it was dangerous, completely an, an existential threat. Because apparently, if you wanted to GameStop the shop, you could get COVID. Now, why is it? Why is it? Less dangerous to buy a game over at Walmart where it's more crowded, right? GameStop will say, right now, they're open. They'll say, oh, only, you can only have so many people in there. Okay, we understand. It's a pandemic, right? Okay, we don't want to get, get it to be too crowded. Walmart, I go to Walmart, it's pretty busy. So you close down all the stores and you put everyone, everyone in Walmart or Costco where it's really, really busy, right? The mom and pop stores, little... Mom and pop grocery stores all around our neighborhood were all closed down, but we all can go to Safeway. We all can go to the big stores that apparently have paid money to the politicians. Again, they decided they picked the winners and losers. Free market? I don't think so. Free speech? No. Look what they look at what they did to Parler. Now, and again, the existential threat in this case is. White supremacy, right? They're saying, oh, white supremacy, white supremacy. Well, what about all the kiddie porn or the child trafficking or all the drugs that are, you know, all that information that's used or the, via the internet? Why, do, why don't you close that down to stop that? Because that's an existential threat. You know, you have the Ayatollah, you have Kim Jong-un, you have all these terrorists who use the internet 
to actually recruit people, to brainwash people, to, you know, to again, to, to actually spread their venom. You know, there are, there are people, ISIS was using um, YouTube and Twitter to show people that they killed. Remember, Al-Qaeda would actually decapitate someone and put it on YouTube. <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't censor that video. YouTube didn't take that video down. They kept, they kept it up for a while. Oh, but doctors who treat people on the front line with hydroxychloroquine, their video gets taken down because the people on YouTube say, oh, this is dangerous advice. Trump said it. Trump actually said it, so it's dangerous advice. I don't believe that. You know, this is the, this is the country that we're living in right now. America is no longer free. So where do you think we're going to go with all this? I mean, can you take this much? What happens when they start coming for your property and say you can't own more than this amount, X amount of property? Because apparently owning too much, it's an existential threat. It's, a, it's an existential threat to someone you're offended. You know? I mean, I, I'm very serious about this. And then people are going to go there and they're going to storm the Capitol. They're going to storm all the Capitals because that's not America. These people, the Democrats, they are massaging the truth. Because if they told you the whole truth and nothing but the truth, everything, like what they say in the court of law, you can see right through their lies. <laughs> Except the Democrats, the loyalists, <laughs> they believe anything, any type of thing that's trending. Because ever since, ever since the hashtag or the trending culture had actually come into play, that's all they do. We call it, people have called them sheeple. I call them type six loyalists because they fear themselves so much to a point where they can't hold an opinion for themselves, right? But this is who they are. Now, by the way, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here. I watched this YouTube video. God, I say tangent a lot, don't I? <laughs> anyway, someone sent me this YouTube video. It's so funny. Um, but of course, I can't show it to you on here because this is a podcast. So I'll try to describe it. But it's really, really funny. It, it shows how people are just blindly loyal, like blind loyalists, okay? So the scene here happens at an eye clinic. I believe it's an eye clinic. And the room is filled with um, actors, except for one person who's a real patient just waiting for to get her eye examined. And at, there's a beep. And, and at, at the sound of a beep, everyone stands up and then sits down. Except for that one real patient who's this Asian girl, right? We'll call her Asian girl. They all stand up, beep. They all stand up. They all sit down. And eventually, she ends up standing up and then sitting down with this whole group. So they say, wow, group think, right? Because everyone else was doing it, she had to do it. <laughs> okay, it gets funnier. So what happens is that the, they start calling everyone in, to, in into this, uh, uh, I guess, in, in I guess, in for an appointment, right, exiting the room, all the way to the point where it's only her, just her by herself. And then they, they sound the beep again. Beep. And then she stands up. There's no one else there. So basically, this whole group, standing up and down, up and down, up and down, on the sound of a beep, has brainwashed her to stand up all the time with a beep. Now, get this. Here comes, the, here comes more people into this, into this eye doctor. Um, this eye clinic. Now, these are actually real patients. 
So she stands up at the, at the sound of the beep, and then someone else comes in, a real patient, and asks her, why are you standing up at the sound of the beep? And she goes, well, this is what happened. Like there, I came in here, everyone else was doing it, so I basically started doing it. So he starts doing it. Another person comes in. They start doing it. And lo and behold, now these are not actors, all real patients. They're all coming in there, and they're all standing up and down at the sound of the beep. And, and pretty soon you have all the chairs and everything are, are, are standing up and sitting down at the, at the sound of the beep, and no questions asked. No questions asked. This is the typical Democrat, loyalist, personality type. Whatever comes down from the top, no questions asked. I'll believe it no matter what. It is the hashtag thing, the hashtag type of culture we've lived in. What is trending? What hate is trending right now? Oh, everyone hates Trump for being this? Okay, I guess we're hating Trump for being this. Oh, Trump actually conspired with the Russians? Okay, Trump conspired with the Russians. And if you're out there saying, hey, wait a minute, here's the proof. They'll stick their head into the sand with their fingers in their ear and won't even listen to you because you know what? You are not trending. It doesn't matter what you say to them. You're not trending. And you know what? You're a white supremacist because that's what's trending. You're a conspiracy theorist. That's what's trending. And if you explain to you, explain to them why you're not a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> you're a white supremacist. <laughs> it's crazy. But this is actually what it comes down to. And that's why we that's that's why you know Michael Savage has said liberalism is a mental disorder. So again, this whole thing right now, white supremacists are actually, you know, storming the Capitol, and then and that's what they say, and that's what they believe. And that's why they need the Democrats even enforce it by saying, this is why we need this wall around the Capitol and to protect us. This is why. And this is why, by the way, that Joe Biden can't have um, a regular inauguration because, my golly, the white supremacist just like messed it up. So we can't have his 80 million people who voted for him. That's why we can't have it. And by the way, the truth of it was that they weren't, they weren't confident that they could pack the whole, they, they, were, they were not confident they could pack the National Mall or, any, any, or anything down there in D.C. with, with actually um, Joe Biden supporters. Why were they, this is the truth. This is the 100% truth, right? It's not the trending truth, it's 100% the truth. Now they said um, maybe they, they're, they're, um, their base may be scared of COVID. That's the first excuse they gave. But guess what? That excuse was a bunch of BS because that excuse went straight to the side and said, oh, by the way, we can't do it because of white supremacy. We can't do it because Trump supporters are going to go down there and they're going to try to kill you. Really? So why couldn't they, they use excuse number one? Why did they have to come up with a new excuse? Right? Instead, they, instead, who did they put? They put 20,000 National Guard troops over there. And here's the thing. They said that they had to provide a litmus test for these National Guard troops because most of them, they found out, are actually Trump supporters. But here's the thing. According to the polls and according to Joe Biden, the absentee voters for, for, um, for the presidency, that was won by Joe Biden. Why are they all scared that all the people in the military voted for Trump? 
Things don't make sense, do they? Things really, really don't make sense. <laughs> Again, the truth will set you free. Truth never needs to be massaged. But here we go. But here we go. Now, next topic. More lies. More lies. Now, by the way, I'm going to I'm going to talk about climate change, right? And you know, I'm not a climatologist. Again, I'm a I'm just basically a professional storyteller. But here's the thing: when it comes to storytelling and science, for the most part, science is not an absolute. For the most part, science is still a mystery. You know, um, only chemistry can you actually find um, you know absolutes in, in chemistry. That's probably the most absolute where you can actually find any type of science. Everything else, you have theories. And a lot of times these theories aren't very accurate. This is why you can't, you know, you really have no idea how the dinosaurs walk. You have really no idea what they, what, you know, what they ate or what they, you know, how they lived. This is all based upon, you know, almost like a theology. Even the theory of evolution is technically it's a theory. You can't really prove it. And there's actually plot holes and loopholes within that. Now, myself as a storyteller, here's my thing. I can tell, you know, as, and I said, said this before, as a professional storyteller, you know, when you first tell a story, you have to rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it because there are holes in them. Now, these are logical loopholes or plot holes or anything that you try to minimize them as much as you can. You try to plug them as much as you can. And that's why you rewrite and rewrite a story. And that's why stories may come out a little opposite, a little different to what you originally planned, but at least 80% to 90% of all the holes are plugged and you're hoping that regular people won't notice it. Um, for example, like I was, writing a, I was writing a story with the Joker and I had the Joker from DC and um, basically I had the Joker um, you know, shooting his gun at a, at, a, at, a, at a protagonist and her telekinesis power couldn't work on him because the Joker was possessed with a certain magic. And in the scene, in the in the next scene, the um, the Joker actually shot the shot the um, the bullets, the shot the gun at the at, at the hero again, and she was able to use her telekinesis to move the bullets up to the heavens. The plot hole in there was that nothing changed between the two the, the two scenes in the timeline. Right? Why could the protagonist use her telekinesis? telekinesis to move the bullets in the first scene and then not in, no, not in, not move the bullets in the first scene and then in the second. Nothing changed, right? That was a plot hole. So again, I had to rewrite the second scene and the protagonist who had telekinesis had to use the telekinesis to rip off a door from a car to ricochet the bullets. So again, had to rewrite the plot hole, right? That's a plot hole or a logical loophole. It could be one or the other because it could affect the plot. The Democrats, well, I don't know the Democrats went too far. A lot of these scientists, when they put forth a theory and, and these observations, they tend to not rewrite their, their conclusions very well. So as a storyteller, I can, because they're telling a story now, I can tell that there's something wrong in their story. So, for example, when they say um, CO2, we're, we're talking about climate change, CO2 is a driving factor to cause climate change. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll accept that it has some type of form of, uh, I guess, effect on, effect on the weather. 
I, I could see that, right? I, I could see that because you put anything too much in the weather like that, it, it could affect it. But how about the rotation of the earth? How, how about the, 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 how about our, for the fact that our, our, um, that our orbit around the sun changes and it has been elongating, it contracts and, and actually expands uh, throughout the millions of years that we actually have been a planet. Um, how about the strength of the sun, which has gotten stronger and weaker? Uh, how about the, for the fact that our, um, that the earth, uh, the continents have changed and the landscape has actually changed and we have mountains where there were not, we're not mountains anymore. We have deserts where there are not deserts before. And for the fact that something like the Sahara Desert can actually greatly affect the, um, the weather and the climate around the entire world. Right? And, and how can CO2 being a minor gas be the driving force when there's so these other forces like the again strength of the sun, the orbital the orbit, the shape of our orbit around the sun, the size of deserts have much greater effect. Now apparently that's a plot hole around climate change that they didn't think up of. Now what when I talk to environmental scientists about this, well, you know what they tell me? The debate is over. You know, just listen. I'm an environmental scientist. That's it. That's their thing. They're, they're a blind loyalist. Like the beep. The beep, they're standing up. You know, they don't want to critically think. None whatsoever. They're, the scientists have, have bought in to their own loyalty. They're not being critical thinkers. They're not saying, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this theory is wrong. And by the way, if they're thinking, if they actually spot a scientist who is not loyal to this theory and not in the club, they start chastising them. They say, oh, that person is not thinking right. That person, they're just asking a question, the same simple question as me. You know, I live on Hawaii. You know, I, live, I live on Oahu. There is a dry side and there is a wet side. And our big mountain ranges, huge mountain ranges, right? The moisture gets trapped on one side, which is called the windward side. And then it traps it on the drier side, the leeward side. It's really, really dry. It's so dry that in the summertime, if you throw a match out there, and, and it's going to cause a forest fire. Not a forest fire, for a, but a brush fire. When you throw a match out on the windward side, it's not going not to catch anything a fire because everything is green. And I have an environmental scientist who tells me, you know what, Steve? You know, I do this for a living. This true story. And the, the, the topography of, of, a, of a place doesn't affect the weather whatsoever. You live in freaking Hawaii. You see that for yourself. And what did they tell me? Steve, I'm an environmental scientist. I know these things. So I said, you're telling me the mountain doesn't, if, doesn't trap the clouds and the rain doesn't rain more on one side of the island and not less on the other? And they look at me with wide eyes and say, yes, I'm telling you that. Beep. Beep. <laughs> That's what it's like. Environmental scientists bowing down when the beep is there. Can't think. Got to be loyal. What do you know? And then they tell me, Steve, you're only a storyteller. You're only, you're only a screenwriter. You're only a wedding planner. I'm a scientist. I know more than you. You know, you can't trust your own eyes? Again, they tell me, the debate, the debate is over, Steve. The debate is over. The debate is over. Listen, obey, be loyal. <laughs> Where's that beeping sound? <laughs> the truth will set you free, but the truth 
will not set those people free. It just makes them more paranoid and it doesn't even make them doubt themselves. You know, again, these are people who are, who don't have a religion most of the time. Their religion becomes these other things like climate change, liberalism. That becomes their religion. And when they hear the beep, they don't, they don't only nod, they bow down. They worship the beep. And that's the problem. <laughs> what do you know? And this is the problem, too. They're going to stay that way. Nothing, and I know a lot of you have tried to convince them otherwise to say, hey, think this way. It's not, they're not going to think the other way. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, guys. So guess, guess what? Here, here's the thing. Going on to John Kerry. Okay, so again, this is the former Secretary of State John Kerry. He was a senator before. He has no experience on climate change whatsoever. And um, he is in charge of actually saving us from global warming or, or climate change. And he is now, you know, the climate czar because he just knows that much about climate. And, um, you know, he flies, he, you know, he's very, very rich. Um, and the, the media says, oh, him and his wife, they did everything to, to, you know, to create this ketchup, this ketchup empire. No, not whatsoever. She married into it. Then she, then he married her, um, Heinz ketchup, right? They did nothing to do it about, they both did nothing to do to build up the Heinz empire. By the way, I like Heinz ketchup. So anyway, John Kerry, he flies everywhere on his private jet and he says, Quote, it's the only choice for somebody like me. All right. The only choice. <laughs> but you, you got to stop taking vacations. You, you got to stop. You, you got to buy your, your electric car. <laughs> All right. You know what? I want to stick on this subject just a little longer. I want to talk about electric cars real quick, okay? I know I'm going everywhere, but I think this is pretty interesting. Okay, so the, the government wants us to be, I guess, carbon-free, I guess, free of hydrocarbons. That means they want us to, like, not have cars that work on gas. Okay, that's pretty good. They want it to all be electric. They, you know, they want us to all drive around Tesla's, you know, battery-operated cars. Oh, that's really, really great. Okay, but here's the thing. One Tesla, it takes, that is, to charge that Tesla up is equivalent of two average households, okay, or or um, two average households, the electricity for two average households for two days. That's how much electricity it takes to charge up a Tesla, all right? So just imagine that now, right? One Tesla, two houses, electricity for two days. That's how much electricity it takes. Now, imagine if we everyone owned a Tesla or an electric car very similar and we're charging our cars. Look at how much stress that would take on our, our grid right now. Over in California, with, hydrocar with hydrocarbons, with gas power plants, right? They are already experiencing, I guess, brownouts every now and then because, you know, they're, when people use like the, their air conditioning too much, um, they have to cut the power in some areas in, in, in Northern California. How do you like that, right? And they're not, on, they're not fully on nuclear or, any, or anything like that. In fact, the, green, the, the people who are pushing the you know, green, green energy, they just want solar power plants and 
windmills. They don't gen- they will not be able to generate enough electricity if everyone owned a Tesla. If imagine this, imagine, we have the technology out there. Imagine if we had the technology out there to power airplanes and to charge the airplanes and whatsoever. <laughs> you still wouldn't have the generator to to charge them. Your generator would have to be, um, you know, it would have to be uh, a coal or gas powered. It won't. It can't be solar power. It can't be wind power. The technology, the technology just is not there. But the Democrats, again, they're only telling you a small portion of the truth, and they're relying on their religious loyalist, right? Their quote unquote sheeple, you know, to. You get them nominated, and they don't really care about the environment. I mean, if you really cared about that, again, CO2 to the Democrat, to the progressive climate change, you know, religious fanatic freak, to the Greta Thunberg, CO2 is the enemy. CO2 is a poison. There are people who say they won't even have a baby because that baby will, will become a polluter of the world. So they will say... They will actually get get their um their tie their tubes tied, right? Or get a vasectomy because they said we can't make any more babies because they will be a, they're a poison to the entire world. And here you have John Kerry and all of those guys on the on the on the Paris Climate Accord, jet setting around in private jets, going around and talking about cutting your carbon emissions when they're out there spending you know. You know, you're burning more hydrocarbons than most small nations or most nations. Period. How do you like that? How do you like that? <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know. All right, one more. Uh, man, I've been talking forty-six minutes. God, gee, talking a long time. <laughs> All right, one more. One more article before I leave. <laughs> this one. Oh, this one. Oh, God. Um. The Justice Department, they're invest, investigating Elon Musk, SpaceX, for not hiring non-Americans or non-U.S. citizens. I didn't know we had to hire non-U.S. citizens. I don't hire non-U.S. citizens. I only hire citizens in my company. Why? Apparently, he's getting investigated whether or not he, discriminate, he discriminates against non-U.S. citizens why don't we just say illegal immigrants? Or why don't we just say he wants to hire people who are America first? He, do, he doesn't want to hire out someone who has a, even a working visa because he wants to give that job to an American. So the DOJ, Department of Justice, is investigating him? Why not like the Department of Labor or something? Department of Justice. They're investigating Elon Musk and they're not investigating Hunter Biden and his laptop. They're not investigating Joe Biden and their dealings over there in Ukraine and asking, asking the question if there's voter fraud or anything like that. There is no proof of Elon Musk. There's no evidence of Elon Musk doing anything and they're trying to investigate this, right? But there's proof of voter fraud. There's actually evidence that should be cross-examined, but they're not even doing that. This is it. This is the world that we're living in. This is the Joe Biden world, people. And this is the one that I said in the beginning. I said, I think I'll give him a chance. No. 
This is this is horrible. And they're, they're going after him just now. Just now. Because, by the way, oh, he's against hedge funds. Just happens to be the timing. It just happens to be. Just happens to be. The timing is always great with the Democrats, right? Things just always fall into place, right? And they always tell you, ah, oh, it's just coincidence. It just always happens to be coincidence, right? Like when Benghazi happened, it was just very coincidental that those men were out there with some other men going on a romantic walk with, with uh, rocket launchers on the side of their, on, on their shoulders, and they just saw a YouTube video which really pissed them off. It just happened to be that way, right? <laughs> oh, by the way, you know what also just happens to be that police officer, Brian Sicknick? You know what happens to be? It happens to be about almost a month since he actually died. And only now are they putting his remains, which is cremated, over there in the rotunda. Only now. When they're gonna when they're gonna start the the um the uh I guess the impeachment next week. It's all just happens to be. No, it's all for optics. They're they are dancing on his grave in a way, using his death as a prop. As a prop to white nationalism and a reason why this this so-called impeachment must happen. All a prop. And by the way, it's dead on arrival. And it's just going to be a huge, it's just going to be more kabuki theater by Democrats with absolutely no evidence. It's like the first impeachment, absolutely no evidence. Isn't it funny you can impeach a president by just going, by breaking the rules and having no evidence? They're, they're impeaching him on rhetoric and metaphors and analogies. You know? For the fact that he said, oh, you should fight like a boxer, not like a boxer with their hands tied behind their back. That incites an insurrection. That's how you, that's how you plan an insurrection? Really? <laughs> that's the worst insurrection of all time. Look at the story. Look at the story. In which insurrection in your entire world have you ever seen people just come armed with cell phones to take a selfie in the capital? That's a hell of an insurrection, right? Well, guess what? We found out the guy with the with those police tie straps, that the ones that are for handcuffs. You know, the, instead of using handcuffs, police actually use um, these tie straps, very heavy duty tie straps. Well, the person who was um, was photographed with that or videotaped with that, by the way, and he never used it. He just found it on the ground there. He didn't bring it there. That's the truth. <laughs> They said he brought it there. A lie. Hopefully the truth sets that guy free. All right, people. 51 minutes. I better get going. Better end this. Been nice talking to you folks. I'll talk more tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day. It's going to be a one. Hopefully Joe Biden doesn't, doesn't I guess, push through any more executive, executive orders. I think we should have an over-under bet that follows... How many executive orders will he pass today? Is it two or three? What is what is the over under on the executive order bet um, on on uh, Joe Biden? Is it two or three? <laughs> right. All right, people. I will talk to you soon. I'm out.